Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. Happy New Year. Have you started writing 2024 the first time yet? (laughs) On your checks and whatever else. Does anyone still write checks? Uh, I have to pay my rent with a check, with like an actual check. So I still have to do that, but that's really it. Anyway, 2024, y'all. How's it going so far? As many of you know, I think I am recovering from ankle surgery, and it is a lesson in patience. I am unable to put any weight on my left foot for about six weeks. We're about almost two weeks in. And it is, wow, y'all, navigating my house and furniture and doorways and tight spaces on a scooter is, (laughs) it's really challenging. But it's also been an exercise in asking for help and receiving help. I have some of the greatest friends on earth and people keep reminding me that I have such great friends because of, um, because I foster these, these kinds of friendships. And it's true. I do, but man, I have some amazing friends. I have people who have been showing up on my doorstep with food. I created a meal train. I did it for myself. You know, usually meal trains are those things that people, you know, have other people create for them. Um, I set up my own meal train because I, I needed it. I set it up and I had amazing friends make some God, just wonderful food for me and come over to my house and then sit with me and hang out with me. This weekend, I asked my friend, I just said, hey, you guys, I need someone to come and just hang out with me. I'm, I can barely leave my house because there are stairs on both, you know, front and back doors of my house as stairs. So it's really challenging. I need assistance to get out. And so I've just been calling people and being like, hey, can you come over? <laughs> I need, I need company. So it has been challenging, and also it's definitely been sort of um, a testament to the friendships and the people that I have in my life who are just absolutely incredible. So that's the update on my new year. Coming up, though, really important stuff, really exciting. I have a new program. (gasps) What? I have a new program starting in the beginning of February. It's called Phoenix Rising, and it is a divorce empowerment collective. This is a group program specifically for women who are going through divorce. It is all about strategy and mindset, logistics, getting your documentation straight. And in this collective of beautiful, beautiful souls, other women who are going through the same thing. So Look out for that. We'll link to it in the show notes, but uh, it is starting. We'll start the beginning of February, but we are accepting applications for it now. So 
there's going to be, like I said, a link in the show notes. Check it out. You can also just go onto my website and there is a page for decided. There's deciding, decided, and done. And decided is where you want to go. And that's that'll take you to all the information on Phoenix Rising. So if you have, uh, if you're at the place where you have decided and you either have started the process or you haven't yet started the process and you want to start it off on the right foot, uh, Phoenix Rising is for you. If you're in the middle of the process and you need support and strategy and all of that, Phoenix Rising is also for you. All right, let's get to our show. Today, I have with me Lisa Koski. I love Lisa. She is an accomplished attorney turned mediator with a passion for empowering individuals through the often turbulent waters of divorce. Lisa has spent years helping individuals find amicable solutions, emphasizing communication, collaboration, and empowerment through the divorce process. She's helped hundreds of divorce mediation clients create a peaceful agreement that works for them and that they're proud of without all the stress, fear, time, and money involved fighting it out in court. Today, we are talking about the seven divorce dilemmas that women go through. It's a great conversation, so please enjoy this conversation with Lisa Koski. Lisa Koski, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to talk to you about these seven divorce dilemmas that you see women going through. But for, before we get there, let's talk about you as a mediator. Yeah, well, thank you. Yes, I'd love to talk about me as a mediator. And <laughs> hey, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate all that you do. And I think you help women make that decision. You know, I'm talking about the dilemmas after they've made the decision and your book is amazing. So I just really appreciate being here. I just had to say that. But I am kind of a unique mediator. I'm an attorney turned mediator. That's not so unique. I just was always kind of more of a peaceful person. I was always drawn to any kind of mediation rather than like fighting it out in court. So Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of worked out that the people that were drawn to me were the ones doing a divorce. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so as I've been living and growing, this makes me a little bit unique. I'm a life coach and I just did it. I just got certified because I use it in my mediation. Good. And excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I have, I actually have some courses and I have a Minnesota divorce paperwork course where I actually just throw in some videos on coaching, you know, coaching, how to communicate, how to get in the right mindset. So that's how I'm different. Yes. That's so important. Yeah. I'm so glad you do that. That's what, so, oh, you have a, you have a course on Minnesota, how to go through. That's good to know everybody. Yeah. 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 And I do, I have a parent. Yeah, I have a parenting plan course too that you can use from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And in both those courses, I try to give you tools just to have a better life and to communicate better. Yeah. So I think that makes me really unique. So I'm an attorney, a mediator, a life coach doing these divorce mediations. But what was really like bizarro to me is I have been married for like 32 years. Yeah. I haven't really seen divorce in my life. So oh, I'm like, why am I so drawn? Huh. Yeah. Why am I so drawn to these women? And I always thought it was because 
the suffering that I've gotten over. But I think what I just kind of realized recently was I might have been the little girl who was watching a lot of women that I loved mm-hmm. not get divorced. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So that's right. kind of a new, a new statement for me to make that yeah. I've just kind of come up with. And I think that's why I'm drawn to these women. And I just, I, I'm so, I feel in awe of them that yeah. they have the strength to move forward with them with this. Yeah. And I want to help them suffer less. So I kind of have these, it's like YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of po- podcasts too. I have the doing divorce, yeah. different podcasts. You were on it. Yeah. And all these dilemmas I usually talk about on the podcast and we'll, you know, chat about them for about 25 minutes. And so kind of what I wanted to talk about today were these dilemmas and doing it in like a YouTube short style where we go, here's one dilemma and here's uh-huh. some ways you can deal with it. And I have a workshop coming up too with with my life coach. So she's going to throw in the coaching pieces and I'll be more the legal person. Oh, that's so great. I love it. I love it. Well, so let's, yeah, so let's get into these, these seven divorce dilemmas that you see. And I like that you have a coaching aspect to this. I don't think you can go through this without some form of personal development guidelines. I mean, listen, people get divorced, you know, just using attorneys all the time without coaches, but I just think the coaching piece is so important. It's so important to the process. You know, and I and I and I really do believe it saves money, even though the the expenditure might feel like it's more upfront. Having someone who is a coach as well in the process with you, I believe, can save money down the line. All right. So seven divorce dilemmas. Tell me what they are. Yeah, yeah. The first one that I wanted to talk about, I don't know if these go in any kind of interesting order, but so when I have people come to me, it's usually the couples together. So I have the wife and the husband mm-hmm. and I walk them through the divorce. And often the women, and I don't want to just say the women because it could be who, you know how in a marriage, usually one person will take over certain jobs. Yeah. And so if it, the if the woman isn't taking over the financial job, she's not feeling comfortable in this. Right. And I'm just doing this with some clients right now where isn't as well off financially. She's pretty terrified of what's going on. And what I find that helps bring a little ease to people who don't have a real good handle on their finances, and yet they don't want that to be what's stopping them from moving forward with a divorce, Mm -hmm. is to just get really clear on what you have. Take a look at what your assets are and really get to know them. And I've had financial people on the podcast, you probably have to talking right. about this. Uh-huh. Yep. And then, and then having an understanding of your budget, mm-hmm. everybody hates to do a budget. I don't like it either, but if you can see what you're spending, where it's, you know, where it might be in the future, if you do move forward with this divorce, that's going to help you too. And for when they get that clarity, then they're able to really talk about, well, what do I need? Do I need maintenance or Mm -hmm. can I afford this? And what are my plans? So I feel like that financial piece, there can be a little bit of peace just by knowing that. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then the little mindset thing, if I, if I brought my little coach in, she would say, if they, if you could get to a place where you could, maybe if you're not comfortable with your finances, maybe you could believe you're a woman who is 
learning how to be really good at their finances. So maybe if you could believe that, that could help you feel a little bit better because we want to grow through this process, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to use it as an opportunity. That's right. So yes, absolutely. Right. Exactly. So shifting the mindset from, I don't know anything about this to I'm learning about this. Right. Right. To this, this sort of the learn, like you said, growth mindset, learning mindset that, that we, you know, it's okay. And you can learn. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's great. So what's number two? So number two on my list is, of course, those parenting. I mean, Uh and I want to say that is probably when you have children, the number one concern. And my, my passion is I'm a mama and a grandma, and I'm just so passionate about doing it right with uh-huh. your kiddos. And you have a lot of information absolutely. on this yeah, as well. Absolutely. And, and so that, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of clients that are afraid of not seeing their children every day. Yes. Um, there's so, so many fears about your children, but one thing that I've found that really helps, and you probably have some really, cause I think I took a course. I'm not going to swear, but I think there might be a swear word. In <laughs> yes, uh-huh. I took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah to become better. You. You're to, so to sweet about that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's very, very helpful for professionals to get better mm-hmm. and to include Absolutely. that in my own parenting plans. But just to help parents do a parenting plan together. Mm-hmm is a huge step in the right direction because they're talking through things that may come up that maybe they're not thinking about right now. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to introduce a significant other to your child? Yes. Yes. Huge huge problematic issue. But if you talk about it beforehand, makes it a little bit better. And then just to always keep those kids at the center. I mean, that's when I'm doing the mediation, I try to keep them in a good place by talking about their kids. You know, if things yeah. are getting a little heated, uh-huh. if we can talk about their beautiful children. It usually helps. Yes, that's right. How do you deal with mediation when they're on op? They're really on opposite sides of this. Let's say with the someone may already have someone on the side. Somewhat there might be yeah. a lot of heat around this. There might be somebody who doesn't want them to ever introduce, doesn't want their, you know, their their soon-to-be ex to ever introduce someone new um, to their kids. Maybe somebody's already done it. Yeah, that happens a lot. A lot of my clients. And I have like amazing clients that want to work together. Yeah. But there are still these really sticky situations. Mm-hmm. And that is so tough. And you know. I don't know if I can give one clean answer because each person is so individual, Mm -hmm. but if we can sit with it and communicate, and I think, and I do things on a flat fee because I don't want anyone to feel rushed, Mm -hmm. but if you can do a really good job at listening to each other's perspective, maybe like saying back what the other person said, really trying to understand it and getting to what the true issue is. I mean, if the cat's already out of the bag, you can't do anything about how they've done it. No. But you might be able to talk it through so that the other parent can see why and understand why you would like to do it different if it comes up in the future. That Mm -hmm. might be a way. Mm -hmm. So often in this process, there's a lot of finger pointing and you're doing this and you're doing that and you, 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 but it's so much more effective from just from a communication standpoint, 
if you keep it in eye language and I felt blindsided, yeah. I didn't feel prepared. I dealt with the repercussions. You may not have seen this, but I dealt with a lot of questions and and behavioral backlash um, after the right. So it's I as opposed to I can't believe you did this. You weren't thinking about me, and you weren't yes. thinking about the kids, and you're selfish. And right, this just which all of which may be true, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, really, right? It may be true, but that's not going to get you anywhere. It's not no. an effective way for us to to communicate, period, right? It's, you're not going to get what you want. <laughs> you are so right. And I don't know if you find this, but when I will coach someone once in a while, one-on-one, -on -one, if I can just coach them how to start an email, they're like, let's just be nice. Right. Let's just play nice. And Kate, I'm learning to do this myself. I might be mad at my podcast producer because she messed up something. And I start my email and I just start. And then I went, whoa, uh -huh. that's not going to get me anywhere. Right. I right. Play nice. And, right. and, and sometimes it's really hard mm -hmm. to pull out something nice. Yeah. But I bet you can do something small. Sure. Yeah. Listen, it and it doesn't even have to be nice. I use Bill Eddy's Biff method, right? It, it yes. it's just friendly, <laughs> just yes. and yeah. and really business like, as if it is a yes. business transaction. It doesn't need to be, you know, oh, you know, rainbows and unicorns, right? But if it can right. be in a a business, you know, business like, and just take the emotion out of it. This is just that's all we have to do is take the emotion out of it. We have an agreement to do X. I heard that you did Y. You can use my one of my favorite things that Tina Swithin talks about is being um, being perplexed, right? Yes. Um, but maybe you can help me understand because I know that in our parenting plan we agreed on X, and I just heard that you did Y, and I'm really confused. I'm really wondering if you can help me understand <laughs> why this happened or yes. how you came to this, you know, conclusion or whatever, right? So you're not blaming, you're sort of, you're playing a little bit, a little bit dumb, you know, in it. I love that. Yep. And you're uh, opening yourself up to listen. And so they're going to feel like they're heard. Right. And it's really, and you know, and for a lot of people, it's like, why would I do that when he obviously blah, 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 blah. It's like, because you want to get somewhere. Right. <laughs> because you right. actually want to get somewhere. I like that. Okay. So we've got the dilemmas so Number far, financial dilemmas, parenting, parenting dilemmas. What's number three? Number three is the emotional mm -hmm. oh, dilemmas. Yeah. And uh -huh. I, uh -huh. I am not um, a therapist. And so this is, this can be uh, difficult for me sometimes. This is where I really do pull in how I've been coached and experts that mm -hmm. I've listened to. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think of the gal I had on years ago who wrote a book and she talks about not being afraid to feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing that, that kind of hit me. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard because when you're in the middle of divorce, or just thinking about it, or even after, it can be really, really dark. Yes. And I get a little fearful because I find that some coaches 
and maybe those who haven't been through it, mm-hmm. just want you to get your mindset changed right oh, away. Yeah, that's you know, not like good, just, that's not good coaching. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> not good coaching. Been a coach for no. a really long time. That's not good coaching. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and I think, yeah, we, in some ways we call that toxic positivity. It's ineffective to say, you know, don't feel your feelings, right? That's not, that's not how this works, right? It's actually, what are your feelings? What are they? Let's name them. Let's get to know them. Let's experience them. Let's go all the way into them. Yep. And that is something that I have learned later in life. I mean, I well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is everyone like me? Nobody know, wants just, to do that. <laughs> I have my little yes, feelings now. Good for me. I really yeah. do. Um, and I have some anxiety and I have learned to just sit with it. That's right. And and then it becomes less even sometimes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because what you resist persists when we're always like shoving things under the rug and, you know, pretending it's not there, then we're just like standing on a lumpy rug. But when we go, oh, wow. Okay. Look at that. I feel, I feel angry. Okay. You know, I feel really sad. I feel whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. are giving yourself the opportunity to, you know, you're giving yourself grace. You're giving yourself respect. And that that's so true. And I I always think of it too as empathy. It is. I'm kind of yeah. learning how to love myself so much to go, well, of course you, you know, feel uncomfortable with that. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. It's right. okay. Like you would talk to a really dear friend. Exactly. And and the way you would talk to your children or right, like, oh my gosh, like the way that we t- sometimes just really the way that we talk to ourselves is is if if they were said aloud or said to anybody else, we would be horrified, horrified. Yes. And very often it's other people in our lives that have sort of installed those, you know, those voices for us. And we need to identify that, you know, sounds really familiar. Where'd you hear that? <laughs> like, right. Who you know, says you were interesting. Dumb? Uh-huh. Yeah, you know what? And I don't know, Kate. That's it. So now I'm learning. I'm taking notes. I don't know that I've done that. Yeah. I think that I have kind of put it all on myself that I felt that way. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it probably now that I think about it, I always I'm a people pleaser too. Uh-huh. So, yeah. There's nobody probably was trying to hurt my feelings. <laughs> Well, no, people, you know, sure, most people are not, you know, even in like, you know, childhood trauma and, you know, childhood neglect and things like that, your parents weren't trying to hurt you. They were doing the best they could. But, you know, also people of our age, like our parents didn't have the tools that we have now. They were they were just like out there (laughs) flying by the seats of their pants. You know, and like we said, they did that. They did the best that they could. And it's no shade on them. But also it was hurtful. Also, it mm-hmm. was neglectful. Also, that was addiction. Also, right? Like all these things can right. can can be simultaneously true. So, can you help me a little bit now as sure. I'm thinking through this? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, so this is just real authentic. So, yeah. I'm so if I I'm thinking through like if I feel unworthy mm-hmm. about something yeah. or not good enough. Okay, I don't even think I've done the work to really look at where that came from. I have sure. a pretty good sneaky suspicion. Okay. Yep. Then that's probably it. (laughs) 
so so you just I I've learned to sit with it. That's right. I've learned to question it. I've learned to say, what's the thought behind that? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like why are you feeling unworthy? You know, yes. and then looking at that thought and going, is that true? Right. Exactly. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then okay, so what else? How can I dig into this? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, where did that come from? Right? Like where did that come from? Where was the first time I heard that? Is that something that I heard from my parents? Is this a cultural thing about women or about whatever, right? Is this something that, you know, where did this basically, you know, it's like we're operating, we've got all operating systems and, you know, things get plugged in and software gets updated and, you know, all like we're all born with some, you know, pretty great clean operating systems. We just, you know, later on we install the talking and the, you know, all of those, but, um, but along the way we get these little viruses that infect us. And, you know, with a lot of, I'm just going to keep going with this metaphor. Um, (laughs) A lot of the viruses that infect us are, they're just running in the background really quietly and we don't even know that they're there. We don't know that they're actually running a lot of the system to be able to identify like, oh yeah, that's what my third grade teacher, when my third grade teacher said this one thing to me, mm-hmm. I made it mean this whole other thing. And I made up a story about myself based on this thing that my third grade teacher said. And like, wow, I've basically been living my life in reaction to my third yeah. grade teacher or my father, or my, you know, and sometimes it's not as, you know, it's sometimes it's not like overt. You know, my father was absent for most of my childhood. Well, I made up a lot of stories about my worth and my Mm -hmm. ability to be loved and all sorts of things, none of which were what was happening. My, it's not that my father didn't love me. It's that my father was, you know, dealing with his own shit and uh, not very well. <laughs> he uh-huh. did. He eventually did. And, you know, we're very close now. But, you know, but what that does to a child, also children's brains are necessarily self-focused, right? So we are, this is my interview of you. I don't know why I'm talking so much, but no, well, I, I, I am learning yeah. and loving this. So thank you. <laughs> Whatever. But we are self-focused. We're narcissists by nature as children. We think the world revolves around us. So right. no matter what somebody does, we think it's about us, which is why we spend so much time telling our children that our divorce wasn't their fault, had nothing to do with them because they think it does because that's how their brains work, right? And so right. those are the messages, right? When when my dad wasn't there, it's because he didn't love me. And if my father didn't love me, obviously I'm not lovable. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that when you get to the root of where you learned mm-hmm. that, because I was doing the thought. Sure. And was it true? But yeah, it's valuable. This is even 100%. deeper. Yeah. Yeah, this is even deeper because it can kind of help you see how that's not true. That's right. That that it's re- literally a story you made up about yourself, and then you and then you literally lived your life as if that story was true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's just another just another layer, but yeah, <laughs> so so good. That's why you are the amazing coach that oh you are. I feel God. like I'm not getting divorced. Will you coach me? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> and now a quick word from our sponsor. Surviving divorce is one thing, 
But surviving divorce with a co-parent who abuses alcohol is a whole different ballgame. Start this year off the way you intend to finish by implementing appropriate safeguards to keep your kids safe. Soberlink is a high-tech breathalyzer system that sends you instant results of a co-parent's alcohol levels. When your co-parent tests, their identity is automatically confirmed with facial recognition and tamper sensors ensure no cheating has occurred. You then get instant proof that your kids are safe in their care. You guys know I swear by this technology. It is the only tool I recommend to clients dealing with custody and alcohol disputes. Help your family thrive in the new year. Visit www.soberlink.com DSG to learn more and get $50 off your device. And now back to our show. So the next one that I have, okay, this is one that maybe isn't so common now, but it's the social, the stigma and the judgment Mm -hmm. or tell me. I think it is. I really do. I I wish it wasn't, but I do think it is still. And, you know, you think about how so many people are afraid of friendships they're going to lose. And I even have, because, you know, I have these darling clients who want to do this together they're concerned about their, this is kind of a flip side of it, mm-hmm. of their relationships with their in-laws. Yes. And then they're, yes. how do we tell them? How yep. do we tell our family? Because yeah. we want them to know we still love them. Right. This That's doesn't right. have anything to do with them. So I have actually had people ask me, rather than how do I tell my children, how do we tell our parents? Absolutely. Absolutely. Me too. You know, and I think if you're doing this amicably, do it together so they can see that like we are, we're united front. You don't have to choose. And I think you have to say that to people. I think you have to say to people, please don't feel like you have to choose sides. We are not taking sides. We're not adversaries in this. We have just come to the, you know, realization that our marriage didn't work and we're choosing to do something different. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, absolutely. And I, and I also think that, um, you know, I think you're so lucky to be dealing with people that are, <laughs> that are going through this like together. Um, uh-huh. right. Because, you know, when you have a, an agreed upon committed outcome or like vision statement or whatever it is that, you know, you, and you're funneling everything through that you, that's what you get to share with people. We're really committed to doing this in the best way that we can in service of our kids. So please don't yes. feel like we, and I, and I love you. And here, like, I, what, here's what I tell people. I tell people, please call your mother-in-law. They don't, she doesn't know. Yes. She doesn't know what to do. My, my in-laws had never met a divorced person as far as I know. Right. They had no idea how to do this. And my mother-in-law and I are still, to this day, incredibly close. But it took me being like, I'm not divorcing you. (laughs) And I did have a therapist say, okay, Lisa, be a little bit careful. There's a little bit of a fine line where you're not going to be talking to your mother-in-law about anything bad or anything about the divorce, but I don't know what it, is that what you found? Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, I, I I'm not gonna badmouth her son to her. Like that's, no. I mean, you say something about my son. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> like, right. Like, <laughs> Oh, the mama bear. Mama yeah. bear right. <laughs> so no, you're not, but 
we have an amazing relationship very much outside. You know, we talk about the kids. We talk, you know, her grandkids and and we talk about like womanhood and aging and menopause and like Mm. all of those things. You know, and we talk about family stuff, sure, but not in a in a way that I think feels uncomfortable for either one of us. I love that you did it so well. You really, I mean, it it really does seem like you divorced well. It it very much ups and downs. You know, I think I think well and then terribly and then better. You know, it's 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 a fifteen year journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. It is a long time. It is a long time. You know, and I think that, but I do think that, you know, what to tell other people, I think is a very personal thing. You get to tell anyone you want, whatever you want, like you own your story, right? So, but if you are trying to do it amicably and you're trying to be together in this and really not trying to throw anyone under the bus, then you might want to temper that a little bit. Exactly. Which yeah. are those lovely clients that I get to work with. Yes. Lucky dog. Isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so awesome. <laughs> okay. So now we're getting, I don't even know what number we're on, but the next one that I have down, this is kind of my forte, are the legal complexities. And there's so many, and I'm not going to have time to go through everything right now. And it probably wouldn't all coincide with every state there is out there. Sure. You know, I can really speak to the Minnesota law. I can speak a little bit on, and I only give information, no advice. It's right. just legal information. Right. But important if to you know. Don't, yeah. Uh-huh. If you don't have me or someone in the legal know-how, do your best to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are so many resources out there where you can learn about Spousal maintenance That's or right. alimony, whatever you want to call it. Whatever. How does that work right. in your state? In your state. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. How does child support work? And these really, I'm kind of surprised at how many people come to me and they're like, yep, we've been through therapy. We're ready to get divorced. And they really have no idea. No idea. And it's just because it's so emotional, Kate. I'm sure that they're just not really thinking through that. But if you can take some deep breaths. Sometimes just like, you don't know what you don't know. People just don't know. But yeah, right. so take some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, too, like a lot of, like some of my clients will be, well, I don't have a 401k. Well, yeah, you got half of his. Right. <laughs> you know, basically. So that is a little um, helpful. Exactly. And brings a little peace. But I, I always think the more knowledge that you have, the be- and I am happy. My website is full of free information. I have all kinds of information for Minnesotans. But, um, you know, otherwise, look in your state. Even if you go to the government websites, they're not always great, but you can get some good information. There's a lot of information. Listen, every single state has a child support calculator on their website. Yes. Every single state. Every single state has information about spousal support, not necessarily a calculator. California has a calculator, right. like, because it's, because it is calculable in a sense, right? Yeah. In, you know, in other, in other states, they do it differently. And so, but the child support, it's, everybody has a calculator and there is so much information. And yeah, these websites are clunky. They're ugly. They are not (laughs) intuitive. Sometimes the calculators are really confusing because they're asking for like, you know, you really do kind of need to have your tax returns (laughs) to be able to fill them out. 
And like the information's there. There is information out there. Yep. And so if you can do your due diligence and get a little bit acclimated to what it's going to look like, I think that's going to help you when you start the journey Mm -hmm. towards this. I don't know in your instance, if you had a lot of information on it and were ready to. No clue. I mean, no clue. I had gone to, I'd had a consultation with an attorney who basically gave me um, a ballpark of what I should be getting in child support. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much it. And then he told me that if I fought for more custody, I could get more child support. And I was like, but I don't, I'm not doing that. And then he, you know, I was like, how would I do that? And he's like, well, you just, you know, paint him as an unfit father. And I'm like, I, we're not going there. And then we ended up doing a truncated collaborative mediated process where, you know, we had one attorney. So uh, essentially acting as a mediator, but we also had a CDFA and um, a therapist on our team. And so that's how we did it. I I think I would do it very differently now. I mean, I would still do the mediation process and everything. I would do it. I would do it that way, actually. But but I would also have a I didn't have a consulting attorney. I didn't have my own person in my corner giving me advice. Okay, so that's interesting because in Minnesota, I love collaborative law. Mm -hmm. You each get your own attorney. Collaborative law is supposed to be each of you getting your own attorney. We ended up in this, uh, you know, we thought we were doing a collaborative process, but I learned much later that with one attorney, that's not collaborative. No. So you can't have one attorney representing both people. So essentially, he was a mediator. Um, So I didn't know that. We, did again, didn't know at the time. This was like, Yeah. yeah, it was not collaborative. Yep. That is an important thing because my clients that come to me need to understand that's the first thing we talk about. It's in my agreement. I am not going to give either one of you advice. My role is very different. Mm -hmm. And so often as we go through, I can help them work through how we're going to come to grips with what spousal maintenance is. But a lot of times they're going to go out and get an attorney just to go over That's, it with them. Yes, they must. They must. You know, mm-hmm. They must. However, then you've got those times when you've got the feisty attorneys that want to blow up everything. So I have to really tell my my clients, you can go to a collaborative law attorney because they get this, mm-hmm. but just be prepared. And it's okay. I love attorneys. I am an attorney. There's a need um, for attorneys, but- they're there to try to get as much as they can for you. And that maybe isn't what you value. That's right. Maybe you value working together. Yes. I mean, and in the end, I feel like you get the same thing anyway. I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's really important for people to understand that, you know, to remember your attorney works for you. So yes. it is important for you to go in and say, listen, this is the outcome that I want. I am not here mm-hmm. to have you be my shark. I am mediating in a in a very like amicable process i need you as a consulting attorney to just make sure i'm not doing anything stupid and really that's it you have to be clear you would never hire someone to paint your house and not tell them what color you wanted it painted isn't that interesting and i think that they're held sometimes to in such high regard yes that people just think they have to listen 
Which I probably do with my interior decorator sometimes. Sure. Where I'm not I'm not throwing in what I really want because she's probably way better than me anyway. And that's not true. Right. It has to be how I'm gonna live in it as well. So that's right. a little bit of a that's right. Yeah, right. Exactly. You do have to be put your make sure that you're in the driver's seat of this process as much as possible. You don't n- know everything and you're asking questions so that you can learn. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that your attorney is working for you in the way that you want this to go. And and like you said, they're working for you. So even if they're giving you some advice that if it doesn't feel right to you, it's just that it's advice. That's right. And you can do it different. You can design it yourself. It's important to know, right? When you're going into mediation, you want to know what you're mediating towards, right? This is what the law says, but I can, I you can make up whatever you want. If you're both in agreement with it, it doesn't matter. I know. (laughs) Right. It's kind of magic. It is. You can decide. You can absolutely yep. decide, you know, and sometimes that'll work for you. Sometimes it'll work against you. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's a decision. But as long as it's an informed decision. Exactly. Then you get yep. to. Yeah. You're, nobody's nobody's holding a gun to your head and making you do it. So, yes. All right. I, I have yes, two after legal. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So the next one that I, I have is the housing. And this is another big one right now. Yes. Huge. Because of. Oh, it's such a, and it's getting messy, Kate, because people are like, oh, I can't, you know, they're trying to refinance together. Right. No, you can't refinance. And then they don't really want to let it go yet. So they end up owning it together. And then the other person gets remarried to someone. And then who do you own? You know, it's just such a, it's a shit show. It's a lot. (laughs) It is. And so that is why I always refer people. I have two, I mean, Tammy Wallensack mm-hmm. is amazing. And yep. she's, I think I have a little freebie that I sent you. We did a little how to prepare for divorce. I and she saw that. Yes. We yeah. will put that she's, in the show notes for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Tammy is great. She's amazing. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, she is such a wealth of information. She's sort of one of my, somebody from my podcast that I think has gotten more <laughs> clients from my, because people are like, whoa, so much important information. Um, and we'll link in the show notes, my episode with Tammy, and we're going to talk again soon, but it, these days, this is, this is an enormous consideration. Enormous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think most of my clients call Tammy or another, Mm -hmm. you know, um, professional that I have that they can talk to and, and it's so helpful. And so she'll go through, sometimes you can assume that mortgage, which means you wouldn't have to refinance. Mm, and she mm-hmm. can look into that. That's important to know yes. before you start dividing things up. So that's why I'm saying keep that at the forefront yep. when you start this process. That's right. Especially now. Yep. And then Tammy always talks about too, how sometimes people just want to do everything to keep the house because they think it's going to be amazing for their kids to be in the same home. And if mama or papa are super stressed out because they're trying to keep making the mortgage payment. That's not good for the kids. Mm -mm. Right. And so she found in her own personal experience that it was better to downsize and give the kids the life that they were used to. She was less stressed out. So there's really a lot to think about. Absolutely. When you think about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So much. One of the things I always say to my clients is wherever you go is home for your children. They're not attached to the mm-hmm. house. They they may love the house, but 
You are their home. Oof. That's so good. I want to write that down. <laughs> you are their home. Yeah. I'm going to use that yeah. when I'm doing mediations. Mm-hmm. Really, really important. And the, the piece of taking care of yourself. Yes. So that you can be a good parent to mm-hmm. those kids. And it's not taking care of yourself if you've got to work extra jobs oh, and, no. and you're stressed out. No, so, not at all. A big thing, a big dilemma for my clients to consider. And then the last one, we're to the last one, is loneliness. And isolation. Yes. I know. And that's a hard one. And I actually, um, it's real. And I had a therapist on and we talked about it. We spent a whole podcast talking about loneliness. And, you know, I think there's a fear of loneliness going into it, you know, and not being with your kids all the time or not being alone in your home can be scary. And he kind of brought up little things that you can do, mm-hmm. quite frankly, going to the grocery store and smiling at someone and just being intentional yeah. and making that connection. Yeah. And we we talk through maybe when I'm in a bad place, I'll try to think about someone else. Mm-hmm. So if I'm at a party and I'm nervous because there's a bunch of people I don't know and it's my husband's work, I might go find someone that looks scared instead of being so like, yes, right. Get out of yourself. Yes. Get out of yourself. I'm just starting to do it. And I'm a grandma. It's sad, but true. But if you can do that, Mm -hmm. it takes the focus off. It gives you a little bit of purpose and you can do something nice by going up and just connecting with that person a little Mm -hmm. bit. That's right. We talked a little bit about that Mm -hmm. when we talked about loneliness, but it is a real, real fear. It, it is. And the isolation and losing friends and what are people going to think and the in-laws. I mean, all of that, yeah. it's really real, but I think it's actually really important. And I'm really glad you have it on this list because I think it's, again, something that you need to address, name, and then like go all the way through again. Like, yeah. I'm scared of being alone. Okay. So it's really important that we're going to have to you know, yes. And like, we're going to feel the feelings and we're going to do all of that. And then also we're going to look at, okay, how can we not be alone? Like having, and you may have to find new friends, right? If all your friends are married, Mm -hmm. you might have to start making new connections. And so how are you going to, how are you going to make those? How are you going to get outside of yourself? You know, are you going to join a new gym because there's, you know, humans and you're going to go to classes and you're going to meet the same people. You're going to join like a co-working space. Like, what are the ways that you can be responsible for your own happiness? Because there there are solutions to these problems. Yep. And I love that. And you're giving action. Yes. You're giving someone actions that they can take to make their life better. That's right. By thinking through, okay... And like you said, that mindset too, it's a little bit of that work. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a little bit afraid that I'm, so you're feeling fear of being lonely. Look at that. You know, it might be true. Maybe you will be a little bit lonely. What can you do about it? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And like, you know, sometimes, you know, and also like, what is loneliness, right? Is it like, I don't right. know how to be by myself. I don't know who I am, Right. Or is it just like you're actually really, really fucking bored in your house all day? Like, (laughs) I get that, (laughs) you know? And so how else can, right? What are some solutions to that? What are some actions that you can take that might shift that for you? 
And I love that because that's delving deeper into the emotion, like mm-hmm. really going what you just said, yeah, really goes deep into what that feeling is because loneliness is kind of general yes. in a blanket. Right, yeah. right. Is it anxiety? Are you like, I used to be, it's so funny. I've just, I, I've, I've, the pendulum has swung way too far in the other direction, but I used <laughs> to not be able to be alone. I could not simply be at home at, you know, in an evening, I would panic if I didn't have plans because I really literally didn't know how to be by myself. I just didn't know how. Um, And that's really sad. You know, I was in my my 20s. Now, like, I'm almost forgetting how to be amongst the people. <laughs> you Sweetheart, know, I think I'm in that, oh but I've kind God. of always, You've always that been is that. how I've always, yeah. And I do, I don't know if I can say I'm in, I've got to turn my heater off my face. I'm having a hot flash or oh something. Oh God. Oh God. Oh, you're turning red. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I've got my little space heater on. I'm like, I don't want to like bend over, but I'm going to <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. That's fine. Nobody can see you. It's all right. We're not, oh. we're not sharing the video here. So. <laughs> oh, wonderful. All right. But no, I tend to be that introvert. Yes. And I do need people. I mean, I think I'm an introvert. I do get fulfilled when I meet with people. I love one-on-one conversations, but I could like sit out here in my barn Mm -hmm. and like go pet my horses and be really happy. And then like my husband's so worried. He has a big trip coming up, really worried that I'm going to be by myself. And I'm like, Oh, it's like, <laughs> I'm like eating whatever I want, <laughs> watching oh, the Gilmore honey. Girls. Just <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Don't you worry, honey. I'll be okay. No I'll be snoring. Okay. I'll, I'll suffer. I'll suffer without you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's super cute. Lisa, these are really, really wonderful tips. And I think that you have, you have great resources on all of them. You know, I do think that when people are going through divorce, I think knowing what the things are that are, that you're going to come up against and possible solutions or conversations around them is really important because we really don't know what we don't know. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the work you do. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this. Thank you so much for having me. It was a complete pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.